hey, listen, if you get let go tomorrow, and God forbid, I pray you prosperity, but if you get let go from your job tomorrow and you've got to start working at Starbucks, you need to still be able to walk into that Starbucks, put that Starbucks badge on, and still feel like you're on 100, just like you were when you were working in the money district of wherever you work. Purpose is not a destination, it's a lifestyle. Where you are is not who you are. Hi there, it's Sewa, and welcome to episode 49 of the She's Off Script podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. Today's episode is part off script journey, part coaching session. Nicole O'Salmon is a coach that helps women find clarity in their lives and businesses. If you are unclear about what to do next in your life, if you're wondering how to find that next business idea or are just feeling like you lack purpose, get out your pen and paper because this episode is jam-packed with concrete steps that will bring you clarity. Before we hear the rest of Nicole's story, I would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you're listening to us today. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Nicole's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with Nicole Salmon, founder of The Purpose Coach and the Preach Sis Conference. Nicole Salmon, welcome to She's Off-Script. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. So for the listeners that haven't heard of you or The Purpose Coach, could you share who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Nicola Salmon. I am a minister and purpose coach, and I journey with women to get crystal clear through a one-to-one coaching program called Purpose Clarity Coaching so that they can gain deep insight into who they are so they can walk out their what, whatever that might be, with clarity, with confidence, and with consistency. I think I heard that you grew up in a Caribbean family and went to a Caribbean Pentecostal church. Mm -hmm. And you've also said that you felt like the way your gifts outwardly manifested themselves just didn't look or sound like anyone else's. How did that feeling play out as you were growing up? Absolutely. Um, It was difficult. You know, it was a progressive journey to kind of break free from it. I'm working on my next book and the title is probably going to be called Miss Inappropriate because that's Mm. how I felt. Mm. I always felt like misinappropriate, the odd woman out. And then when you're surrounded by women in ministry who are all significantly older, I come from Jamaican parentage, but I was born in Canada. It made it really challenging to see, to see myself in a, in a, in a shoe that, that God was clearly calling me in, but wasn't reflected around me. Mm -hmm. After that, I know you went into the not-for-profit sector and worked there for over 15 years. In 2017, you started running your own coaching business full-time. What prompted that transition? Um, I, it, it was it was a journey. So I didn't do a leap, so to speak, as most mm. people uh, refer to it. Whatever I've done in my professional work has always been around taking people from point A to B. So the work, it wasn't like I went from being a plumber to being a coach. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't that drastic. The fit was natural, but I wasn't loving my, my job anymore. I always loved my job. I felt like my job was ministry. Um, when my pastor and different people tried to get me into pulpits and to even pastoring, I was like, I have a pulpit. It's my desk at my nine to five. 
But then I just started that love and that passion, it started to go. And I know that in my relationship with God, historically, that's a big indication that like a shift and a move is, ha- is coming. So I was set to, I went to my director because we had a really good relationship. And I told her, listen, you have but three more good years out of me. Like, so we need to start thinking succession planning. I didn't, I, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. So it wasn't like, I want to leave to start my business. I just knew a shift was coming. I mm-hmm. thought I was actually going to go to corporate. So three years is really specific. That is number one, the (laughs) longest notice I've ever heard of, (laughs) but three years is very specific. So how did you come up with that? Um, Well, so my rationale at the time was, you know, I'm not financially stable. So I'm going to take these next three years to pay off my debt and bank and bank some cash. So that's where the three years came from. So I'm going to bank some cash, do all that I need to do all this, you know, stop working here and having it work for me. So three years was kind of the project plan to get me to that, but that's not even how it went down. That's not even how it went down. So the plan was three years, I would leave, I would go to corporate where I'd make even more money than the not-for-profit sector. I'd be caking, I'd be making all this money. um, And then I would figure out what next. And that didn't happen. Um, After 20 some years in the workforce, for the first time in my life, I was applying for for jobs and nobody was calling me. Like nobody, it didn't matter what I applied for, even things that I was underqualified for, nobody was calling me. So I'm like, Hmm. okay, God. So I ended up fast forwarding the story. I ended up, um, I got married, moved to another city, didn't want the long commute, prayed that God would help me get something closer to home, got a job that was a huge pay cut, a huge step down because I was in management for years, but it was like 10 minutes from home. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we agreed that I would do this contract, uh, for a year, ended up that the person I was reporting to was somebody I actually helped uh, write their very first resume and get into their career mm. um, and supported her for a year through that contract. And then I still thought, okay, one year is perfect. I'll have one more year to pound the pavement. Nothing. Crickets mm. for a whole year. And so it was coming down to the end of the contract. I knew I wasn't going to continue. And my husband said, you know, because I had, I've always been like facilitating workshops and doing trainings. Um, that year I said, okay, I'm going to just throw it out there. I did like a really janky post on Facebook saying, you know, life coach. And then I was calling myself a life skills and leadership coach. I still have a screenshot of the post. Um, and I got two clients because I wanted to kind of see how it felt and what it would look like. Mm. And, um, yeah, the contract was coming to a close and my husband said, why not just take this next year, because I qualified for employment insurance, um, why not take the year to, to test it out, mm-hmm. to just launch and see? And I said, okay. We said, okay. We looked at our finances. It meant pairing back. We were just talking about our hair. Cutting my hair was a big part of the transition because I couldn't afford to be in my stylist chair every two weeks anymore. Mm-hmm. The acrylics came off because I couldn't afford the fills anymore. And we, we paired all the way down so that we could, we can make year one work. And so this year is actually year two. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. I was joking with a friend the other day that you always know when priorities have shifted, when your favorite store sends you that email about 80% off and you're like, delete. Even better right? yet, unsubscribe, right? Because you just can't afford to live like you're getting a steady paycheck any longer. 
No. And what you want means that much to you because there's, there's times where I have sacrificed um, other things. So I could do the hair and the nails and reply to that email and go into the store and treat myself to a little something. But it it got real when there was an opportunity to really see if everything that God had been pouring into me for the last 30, some 40 years, um, if, if I had the grit for it. Mm. So you've crossed that two-year mark now running the Purpose Coach full-time. I know at first you said you struggled with narrowing down the focus. So could you share how you landed on the Purpose Coach as a focus? Yeah. So what I started again, life skills, leadership, familiar, you know, I wanted something from familiar that people could recognize. Um, and I remember I was working with a branding coach, you know, on the website and all that stuff. And they're like, well, who's your, who's your target market? Right. And I'm like, everybody. And they're like, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the, the basic rookie mistake there. I want everyone to buy from me. Everybody. What I have is good for everybody. And it's true. Um, but then they asked me a really good, a really important question, which I asked all everybody and we talk about it when we talk, when we get into some clarity strategies a bit later, which is who naturally comes to you. Like when you picture yourself on a stage or you've just facilitated who comes to you. And I was like, Oh man, it is women. And not that I, I had a problem with that, but I, I felt like niching was going to somehow cut off my earning potential. Right. Mm-hmm. So I realized it was women. It was a particular age group. It was a particular kind of woman. And, and that's who my market uh, was. But I, I still struggled with, because I have so much in me, so many abilities. I've, I've gone to school. There's all this content. I had been journaling for decades around what I would do at this moment. And I, the first year, like I just threw everything at the wall because I just wanted to see what would stick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I. I remember I started combing through old emails, text, journals. Like if you see on my desk, like I have stacks and stacks, and this is just probably half of them, right? Mm. I actually write in these and fill them up. I started flipping through the pages of them and realizing there was a theme. No matter what I tweeted, no matter what I posted on Facebook, no matter what I preached about, I may not have been using the word purpose, but it was all about self-discovery, finding yourself. Why am I here? How do I find my lane? How do I stay in my lane? How do I be free from living in a box and just be, it was all about purpose. And so I was like, huh, there's a theme here, purpose. Um, so I started calling myself the, the purpose coach and I'm like, that's what I'm going to talk about. It's what I talk about the moment I open my mouth. So I'm just like, I'm going to niche it. I'm going to um, perfect it. I'm going to become an expert in helping people journey in it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what some, what event someone invites me to, I have one vein and it's purpose. I think oftentimes we also haven't really accepted who you are and what you've been called to. So you're like Jonah, like you're fighting, you're running away from it until everything you read back at everything you see that all those steps have been guiding you to where you are now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's exactly how it was. It, it, it wasn't so much a running, but it was a, it was fear. Mm-hmm. Fear kept me from just owning it because I was afraid that if I picked something, then it meant I was missing out. But the moment, I kid you not, I was just having this conversation with someone this week. Um, the moment I, I, I remember I got home from an event and I was feeling pumped and I got a phone call from someone who 
was coming to Toronto for an event and someone referred me as a speaker. And she was like, can you tell me a, a little bit about what you do? And I was like, She's like, so I can figure out like where to fit you into the event. And I was like, oh, I hate this. You know, that, that kind of elevator pitch. Like, how do I, how do I say, how do I talk about what I do? And it was the first time I threw Purpose Coach out there. The very first time. Like, it wasn't even polished. It wasn't, it wasn't really, it was really rough. I was like, you know, I am a coach and I help women to align with their purpose and get clear. I just kept using the word purpose and she went, amazing. I know exactly what to do with you. Then two weeks later, I get an email. We'd like to invite you to our conference. We are having a women, uh, an event for female bosses in Ottawa. Our focus is, um, they were saying, and when we sat down, you know, we thought, regardless of what business you're in, the very first thing you need to be clear about is who you are. So we wanted an element about purpose. And, and they said in the email, when we sat down at the boardroom table to plan, we could only have the purpose coach come to talk about purpose. And I was like, all right, now you're in it. Now you're walking <laughs> in your purpose. In now we're, now we're, I'm deep diving. I'm like all the way in and swimming. I'm swimming in it now, you know? And I was like, yes, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was afraid it was going to cut off opportunities, but, but what getting clear did for me, um, and not just for me, but it helped the world to see exactly what was in me and where to place me instead of doing these random things where you're trying to fit into opportunities that were that was never for you in the first place. Mm, That's so good. I hear all the time from listeners who are frustrated because they don't really like what they're doing anymore and they want to start their own thing as a result, which isn't always the best next step. So I would love to get into some concrete tools our audience can use to find their purpose. First, Maybe you can tell us what is purpose and what does it mean to be aligned with your purpose? Absolutely. Perfect place to start because one of the biggest, I say, mindset uh, shifts or resets that we need to make to be able to make peace with this is that purpose is a lifestyle. If you're listening to this, watching this, write this down. It'll change your life if you can make peace with it. Purpose is not a destination. It's a lifestyle. Sounds like the most simple, boring thing, perhaps, Mm. but I'm telling you, it is freeing. I believe about, um, if I'm not mistaken, over 5 billion copies of Rick Warren's book, The The, uh, Purpose Driven Life, has been sold since, since it went into print. Because regardless of what faith you are, regardless of what track you're on, regardless of where life finds you, everybody's on this this quest of deeper meaning. What am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? But purpose is not a place that you get to. Purpose is the light finally going on around how our life has been styled. How has God uniquely shaped you? What is your DNA? What is your divine natural ability? And so purpose is us coming into perfect alignment with that DNA and then beginning to say yes to the various assignments that life presents us as we journey. I always say that God, he's not, he's not evil. Like, could you imagine if purpose was one place, one thing? So what does that mean if you're not scheduled to arrive at that destination until like 52? I I listened to uh, Les Brown the other day. He was here in Toronto. Les Brown is 75. 
If it means that what I'm supposed to do, what purpose is, does not come into play until I'm 75, Hmm. does that mean that the previous 75 years I've had no purpose? Ooh, that cannot be the case. That That cannot be be the the case. case. No. That cannot be the the case. And let's say I become a seven-figure CEO at 30, and that feels like my purpose. Well, what happens if the economy shifts and I have to transition out of that job? Does that mean that now I don't have purpose? Mm -hmm. Again, the, the answer is absolutely not. And so purpose is not a destination. It's not a place you get to. It's not a what's that one iconic life changing thing I'm here on earth to do. It's getting into right alignment and right with, with who you are. And that right alignment starts to bring the right assignments in your life. And I call them purpose pit stops. So rather than having a one point purpose destination, we have these purpose filled pit stops that we can only encounter when we're in right alignment. Because right alignment brings right assignment. Mm. So the moment I step outside of my DNA, my God design, my divine natural abilities, I don't hit those purposeful moments. And that's why we feel that sense of, I don't, I'm not happy. I don't feel purposeful. I like what I'm doing. And um, you can change the job, but if you're not in, in right purpose alignment, you're, you're probably going to reach the same end at some point. So I like that you said you can change the job because we all know someone or maybe have even been that person. I think you've also said this in the past, who've let expectations and circumstances dictate who they are. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, they are unhappy with where they've ended up because they haven't purposefully chosen that career or they haven't purposefully ended up wherever it is that they are and they end up depressed or what have you. So why do you think that happens and how does one snap out of it and really start to find their purpose? Right. Again, it's, it's, it's the inward clarity, mm-hmm. right? So again, it's not even about choosing the wrong job per se, but so here's another thing that here's another, I guess, pillar of kind of purpose clarity coaching where you are is not who you are. Mm. And when we can begin to separate those two, we can listen. I, in addition to my coaching firm, every now and again, a friend of mine, she works at a college downtown. Sometimes they need backup for their receptionist. Guess who's the backup receptionist? The purpose coach. I got to pay these bills, Mm -hmm. right? But guess what? Whether I'm standing on a stage and they're like, put your hands together for Nicolo Salmon in front of a room of 1500. And I, I grace those stages. I'm blessed to grace those stages. Or whether it's not, I get the backfill call to go downtown and hello, thank you for calling. I listen, I am fierce in both moments because there is no shame. Who I am doesn't diminish or shrink because of where I am. Mm-hmm. Where I am is not who I am, where you are physically and just even where you are in your life. Because you may be in a place where you know there's greatness, you know there's things you want to do, but but money's not flowing. You're going through a nasty breakup. Maybe you're dealing with some health issues. And then we begin to define who we are by where we are, by what Mm. we're going through. And so that's where that discontentment comes in again. But if we can really anchor like that, that inward clarity, if we can anchor that, it doesn't matter what, what situation we find ourselves in. 
we can still feel purposeful. Hey, listen, if you get let go tomorrow, and God forbid, I pray you prosperity, but if you get let go from your job tomorrow, and you've got to start working at Starbucks, you need to still be able to walk into that Starbucks, put that Starbucks badge on, and still feel like you're on 100, just like you were when you were working in the money district of wherever you work. Purpose is not a destination. It's a lifestyle. Where you are is not who you are. Mm, So how do we begin to find that clarity for ourselves so we are anchored no matter where we are? Absolutely. Here are three easy things that you can do. Let me break them down for you. Number one, connect the dots. Number two, unpack what you attract. And number three, drill until you hit oil. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's start with connect the dots. A lot of it has to do with deep introspection. And I mean, naturally, I'm going to tell you to work with it, working with a coach or a counselor or journey through some of this stuff. It really is priceless because it's a lot, a lifelong journey. But if you're not in a place where you're ready to do that, or you can invest in that, here's what you can do in your own time. Connect the dots. Let's say you're in your nine to five. And even if you've hated the last few jobs that you've been in, you need to begin to start to connect the dots in those experiences right? Mm -hmm. Um, What sparked something for you? It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how unhappy you are in your job. Think about what it is that you do on a day-to-day basis in that job that sparks ultimate joy for you. What makes you come alive? What, what makes you, I remember when I was on my job and I was just like, did not, you know, when you had to like, you didn't even care that you're being late. You ever get to that? that (laughs) Care that you're Mm -hmm. like, Mm-hmm. that you're arriving late at, or that you actually you're hoping you'll get fired for being late because you don't even want to be there right Ooh, I always tell people don't let it get to that point Man. I, know, I agree and I'm going to talk about that um but I was there I've been there right that mm-hmm. feeling and um and it can feel like you just hate everything about being there but 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 what sparks in a day what sparks joy for you for me, again, I didn't hate the people. It was just like, I was just over the work that I was doing. I had been there for, for over 15 years in that, in that field, mm-hmm. right? But what I did notice, what I loved most, I didn't care about the budgets. I didn't care about the proposals. I worked in youth unemployment sector for years. I didn't even know what the youth unemployment rate was. I didn't care. But what I did care about was twice a month, I sat down with each of my staff one-to-one to do staff supervision. I loved that. I loved sitting with my staff, pouring into them, finding out where their pain points were, um, giving them tips if they were having a difficult time with a client, troubleshooting. That interaction, that was probably, that was like the only thing. That and starting new projects, I, I, I learned about myself. So I learned, one, I love coaching, right, and giving mm-hmm. people insight. Two, whenever we got funding, I was always the go-to and I loved kind of visually, I love, I love startup. I love the startup. Once something's go- going, I'm out, but I love the startup phase, mm-hmm. right? So I realized I love giving insight and I love launching things. When I connected the dots, it wasn't just things that I launched, but I loved launching people. I love launching projects. I was really good at what are the next steps, project planning, organizing, all that stuff. So connect the dots. Even if you hate your job, even if you hated the last three jobs, start to connect the dots between the pieces. And it may seem trivial, like I like when the mail comes in, 
I love giving out the mail to everyone in the morning at work. What is it about that? Is it the human interaction that you love? Is it the service that you love? Start to connect the dots between the things that spark joy for you in your job. So that's number one. Got it. All right. Um, and two, uh, unpack what you attract. So this goes back to my session with my branding coach. I had to start unpacking what you want to begin to ask yourself a question like, who always comes to me at work, right? Who's it that's always coming to me, right? Who am I naturally building relationships with? Um, what gets assigned to you all the time at work when they're like, oh, so-and-so would be good for this, right? Um, what problems are you troubleshooting on a day-to-day basis, whether at work or at home in your other relationships? Unpack what you attract. If you notice that you naturally attract some things, you may even be frustrated by it, like I was at the time, but you want to start to unpack what's, what is, what is it? There's something inside of you that you may not even see it, but you have to start asking yourself, why does everyone keep coming to me to do? When I was in my early twenties and I had my son, a single mom, and I went back to work, I was a secretary um, in the counseling department at a college, but I was always the one, you know, when, when programs would come, I'm like, there's a new program. You can do it at night. Here, you should do it. Hey, did you know you could do your um, project management part-time and then on Saturdays there's class here. Here's the application. Go do it, right? Mm -hmm. Unpack what you naturally attract. But can I ask you this? Absolutely. What if you don't like what you attract? And that's why you need to unpack it. That's why you need to unpack it. So is it okay Um, as you journey towards your purpose if you don't like what you attract? And how do you then change what you attract? Absolutely. So when I say attract, I don't mean in a universe, like what's the universe bringing to me kind of Mm -hmm. a way. Um, and, And I'm also speaking of someone who is relatively emotionally healthy, right? Because if there is trauma, And if there are some strong generational um, strongholds and and curses and things Mm -hmm. like that that are in your life, or you are going through a traumatic season in your life, all of these three points become muddled and clouded and you you cannot get to it on your own. Mm -hmm. So you definitely need a doctor for this. You need a coach. You need someone who specializes to help you journey through. Because if you are in an unhealthy place in your life right now, it's almost like you talk about clarity. It's like wearing glasses, right? If you, you remember those old school 3D glasses and they had like, I think it was like green on one side and red, I don't know, blue and red, I think. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you look, look at, it's going to always look a particular, I've had clients like that and I'm trying to do self-exploration with them. And I'm like, okay, so tell me what it is. I like anything. Okay. And that's a huge caveat because there's a block there. There's a block. Mm -hmm. There's a block. So you cannot do this on your own if there's a block. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're in a funky place, this is probably not going to work for you on your own. You need to deal with that stuff and get to an emotionally healthy place 
so that you can um, so that you can do this. But if you don't like what you again, it's it's the it's the asking why and it's seeking clarity about it. It doesn't mean everything you track that means you're supposed to do exactly that, but unpack it around what is it teaching you about yourself. So the point of these questions is to gain insight. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't like something, that's still teaching you something about yourself. Right? right. So you're like, so it, the, the revelation may be, I don't like what I'm attracting. I don't like what I'm attracting. So what do I need to change so that I can be positioned for something different to come into my life? Mm-hmm. And so that's, so thank you for asking that question because that's a part of the, the deeper work that I do around that spiritual component. Like what do we need to move out of the way? We start Mm -hmm. to look at historically, like what's your family story? What pain bodies are there? We start to look at what is the repeated thing that keeps robbing you from your moments. Every time it's your, it's just about your time, lights, camera, no action. Lights, camera, no action. What is that thing that keeps robbing you from that moment? Right. Mm. And so to, to do some deeper soul work, to figure that out so that you can do that. But if you're at a relatively healthy place, these questions will definitely help you gain further insight. So connecting the dots and unpacking what you attract. Does that, is that helpful? Very helpful. Very helpful. And then the third one, drill until you hit oil. This is the one that excites me. I saw your face go like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about oil. I'm talking about the anointing. The anointing that flows from God, the anointing that comes down from heaven that allows you to do what you do with ease. Mm. You remember I talked about that right alignment brings right assignment. When you are in purpose alignment, it also positions you under the outpour of that oil. So when you think about like an olive and the, and the pressing that it goes through for that goodness to kind of flow out of it, mm-hmm. you want to drill down on the inside of you till you hit that oil source. Just like you're digging when they tap for oil, you want to drill down till you hit that sweet spot, that that natural DNA, that, na- that divine natural ability flows out of you with ease. Um, you want to drill in terms of your introspection until you hit that oil. So a quick exercise around how you can do that, because I'm very hands-on, I'm very visual, is do a brain dump. Get yourself um, a sheet of paper, um, a big piece of flip chart. If you prefer technology, bring up a Word document and start off by creating two columns for yourself. So one, I want you to start to, and we're going to start with feeler words. Mm -hmm. And uh, feelings are not final and they're not facts, but they're really good flags for us. So feelings are a good place to start, but they're not where we want to end because again, they're, they're not the whole truth, Mm -hmm. right? But they're good. They're good flags. So I want you to remember that your emotions, your feelings, they're not final. They're not facts, but they're good. They're good flags. They, They point us in a direction. So I want you to, to, to begin to brainstorm. How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel in your life? How do you want to feel on your job? How do you want to feel in your business? Whatever area it is that you're trying to, your marriage, a relationship, whatever it is, how do you want to feel? What, what, what are the emotive words for you? I want to feel free. I want to feel happy. Whatever those words are for mm-hmm. you, what do you want to feel and experience. The second list is you, you're going to start to brainstorm. How do you want others to feel? 
as a result of either coming into contact with you, coming into contact with your business, your product. If you're thinking about entrepreneurship, start with the emotions. Once you've dumped out all of those feel words, then what I'd like you to do is from each column, you're going to pick only three, three that like punch you. And I'm telling you, this won't be hard. You, you might look at 30 words under each column and be like, oh my God, how am I supposed to pick three? I promise you they will leap off the paper because you know, mm. you, you'll know it in your nowhere, like the three that you, you, you just can't live without. You're going to highlight those three from each of those columns and then you're going to drill down. You're going to drill down to now, now that I know how I want to feel, now I know how I want others to feel. I know what feeling words are important to me. I want you to drill down from those feeler words to tasks, what tasks, products, actions, or maybe services help me or others get to that end. Mm. So if it's joy, what are some of the actions again, that you, that you, that you can do with ease. This is not something you need to go take a course to do, but with ease, with no money, no training, no anything right where you are with ease. Cause we're talking about the flow of the oil, what action, what product, what task, what service can you do in your life right now? Or if you're looking at that second column around how you want others to feel as a relationship to your brand and business or, or for your next job, again, what tasks, what action, what product, what duties, what responsibilities mm -hmm. would help get to that end. And so it's a really nice way to drill down to identifying what things you just already naturally do. And so you can, on the side of how you feel, once you drill down to those items, those are things you can begin to infuse in your life and do more of. So you can elevate from, from feeling like, I don't feel too happy and purposeful right now. Mm -hmm. If you begin to allow an influx of some of those things, that's going to shift that dial for you. Wow. You gave it all. That is so helpful. Do you have like a downloadable we can share with the audience? Absolutely. If you uh, go to my website, which is nicolosalmon.com and click on resources, you'll find tons of free resources there. Naturally, of course, you'll also find information about working with me one-to-one -one as your purpose coach. Um, so I did not give it all. Trust me, there is so much more. <laughs> See, so, that's the so key. Yes. Let people feel like they're getting it all. <laughs> yes, there is so, so much more. But if you're not ready for that step yet, and I totally get it, there are tons of free resources there for you. Two, two things that I encourage you to start with. Mm -hmm. um, there's a simple five-day devotional. It's called Stand. It's a really light, easy read. Um, it's called Stand. So uh, it, it's a guide to leading and living authentically. Mm -hmm. So it just gives you a little, some little sound bites and some reflections and a little opportunity to do a bit of journaling for five days. It's almost like a nice little detox, five days, not a heavy commitment. Um, and an, another tool that you can also grab there for free is I have, if you want to go a bit more intensive to shift some things is 60 days of purpose. And it's a 60 day challenge where you get each day, again, bite size, a scripture, um, an action to do um, to help you have a mindset reset where it pertains to how you see and live out purpose on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm, well, really appreciate that. So, you know, now I, I do want to pivot a little bit into the business of purpose. And 
I feel like we're inundated by messages and resources from people who say they're coaches of one thing or another. And I feel like we see this so much that when someone says they're a lifestyle or a mindset coach, they kind of get that eye roll. Like, okay, what do you, what do you really do? And if there's anyone out there that is clear on their purpose and they feel like they're called to be a coach, I would love your tips on how they can build a coaching business that just presents as credible and then that ultimately brings value to people. Um, as one of my business coaches would, would say, uh, show the receipts, mm. show the receipts. The proof is in the pudding. I am a credentialed minister. I've spent four and a half years in seminary. Um, I do have a background in behavioral therapy. I do have a background in human services and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality is there are tons of effective people out there who may not have had formal training, but they can be helpful and useful through coaching. And so show the receipts, show the receipts. Um, It's not enough to to just, you know, we talked about feeling words. It's not enough to just say, you know, work with me and I'm going to just help you empower you like, you know, really light and fluffy words, like feel better and empower you because, um, the reality is people need to be able to, con- they need help to connect the dots to the outcome, to the deliverable. Mm-hmm. And it, and it is, I struggled. I still struggle sometimes because it can feel very airy fairy. If I was to say, you know, I'm going to coach you on how to write a pitch and get 60 speaking engagements, like that's clear. It sounds profitable. That would sell out in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Start saying things like, I'm going to take you on a journey to figure out why you're not getting those speaking engagements so that you can be positioned to speak more clearly, people are like, uh, miss me with all of that. Like, I just, can we fast forward to the part where I'm blessed and booked? I keep seeing hashtag blessed and booked. Can we, can we fast forward to that part? So I would say show receipts, testimonials. You know, if you haven't had clients, consider reaching out to some people and nobody likes this F word, but I'm going to offend you with it. Free. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can't expect out the gate that people are going to pay you 5,000, 1,500 when there's no proof in the pudding. You may have the experience, but we don't know it yet. So get you some clients, you know, maybe start a coach, a small group. And then with five people and say, I'm going to journey with you for a month. It doesn't have to be for a year and grab those testimonials, share it show the receipts, mm-hmm. even a year later, people you've worked with what they're doing and how they're experiencing success and help people to articulate and connect the dots. How do you find those clients to begin with, even if it's people that you're offering free services to? You remember that janky post I told you I put on Facebook? Mm-hmm. That's what I did. And I mean, that, pro- that, that experience taught me something too, because then I began to learn the process of who... It, I, I realized after that experience that I don't want to work with every, just anybody. Amen to that. Ooh, yeah. So some things you, you, you can own, like, I know we love, I know we love checklists and downloads. Like everything's not, here are three things to ask every client to know if they're for you. Yeah. There, there's some things, there, there are some guidelines like that, but the reality is you're going to have to feel it out and learn it. You're, mm. I, I've had a client and I said, we are not doing that again. I know what that sounds like. So now when I do discovery calls, someone says, do you really keep your discovery calls to 15 minutes? Yeah, I do. I do because I'm, I'm that good at what I do now around listening and have done it enough. I'm like, 
mm, you need something else. You need someone else. We are going to have problems, our person and clarity, because I know who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what clients I'm like, Mm-mm, but I know somebody who would be just good for you, but it's not me. Right. So, um, yeah, but just but, but put it out there. You're not going to get the perfect batch of clients the first time around. Um, going through that process will teach you something about yourself, teach you what your strengths are in coaching. Cause it taught me around, okay, the first time I did it, it, my coaching was just really free flowing. So it was almost like counseling, right? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like you got on the proverbial couch and I look, I let the, the sessions take us where we, where it may. I didn't, I don't like that. I am. So one of the, one of the first things my clients do is a, a, a personality assessment. It's called personality dimensions. And I introduce them to temperament theory. Um, because again, inward clarity gives you outward clarity. In personality dimensions, I'm an inquiring green. I'm very analytical. I like structure. I like certain things. So that I did not like that. Mm-hmm. So out of that grew my purpose, clarity, coaching program. It still has fluidity. It's not overly prescribed, but it's taking us intentionally each session. I think when I started, I did six sessions and I learned real fast after five. I don't want to talk to you no more. Yay. <laughs> okay. So you learned. Yeah, I reached my end. Like I have a friend, she's a clinician. She's had the same client, some clients for two years. Uh, that would, I would die. I would die. That I told you I'm a launcher. Mm-hmm. You want to get people started and yeah. on their way. Yes. Boom. And if you need to check in with me throughout the year, I'm here for some side mentorship, but I'm like, boom, let's launch this and let's get you to me. Success is when you don't need me no more. And mm-hmm. let's hope that is quick. <laughs> right. So, but I learned that in that first year through working with those clients. And so it gave birth to an actual program with, with content and curriculum. It's four sessions long because that's my threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, it, before I would stretch out how long I worked with them, it's an, now it's an intensive weekly, not just because of me, but I found that my clients who succeeded the the most were the ones that I was working with on a more, uh, on a more intensive, mm-hmm. uh, basis. So Plus people so get distracted, life happens. And if you stretch it out too long, you may see a high drop off exactly. rate. Exactly. And that's what I tell everyone in my discovery calls. I'm like, it, we are not missing because especially when you start getting into shifting mindsets, you know, trending new patterns of of doing anything over a week, you slide back into old habits or at least room for procrastinating. Mm -hmm. And then that looks poorly on me. Now, when we're at the end of it and you're like, I came to her because I wanted to be able to get the confidence to launch my business and I'm still here. No, no, no. The moment someone misses, two weeks, it's almost like getting called into the principal's office. Like you're going, and I can't reach it. You're going to get a message from me. It's, Hey, let's be honest. Is this not a good time? I'm even willing to put this on hold. And we pick this up a couple of months from now when you can give it the time that it needs, because it will not serve you for us to pick this up in three weeks. Mm. So now that you've gotten comfortable with your coaching practice, I noticed that now you've launched an event. So the Preach Sis movement, I wanted to say Preach Sis to you so many times as you are giving us your, your mini coaching session. So how did you go about creating your own event that really is becoming a movement? It is. It is. Um, so 
again, um, so Preach This started out as a WhatsApp group. Um, some of the women that I was mentoring, either formally or informally, were like, you know, I feel like I want to speak or write or I just want to be close to you and learn from you, right? Mm. And so I was getting overwhelmed with the requests and forgetting. Like, so sometimes I would be speaking and I was like, oh, shoot, I should have invited them. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to throw the lot of you into a WhatsApp group. And if I'm doing something where there's an opportunity to shadow or share, I can share within the group rather than trying to find everybody. Um, so it started out as a, as a, as a WhatsApp group and I called the group preach this. And so, um, from there, I always wanted to, I always thought, wouldn't it be cool to have an event in Toronto that kind of unified other female Christian communicators, um, that put us kind of all on one platform that we can reach a broader audience, have a broader, uh, impact. Um, and as well, as I mentioned to you, I, I knew, I wouldn't have called it that then, but I knew, I know now that God has given me a preaching ministry and that he was calling me to ministry, mm-hmm. but I didn't see there was, I always say nobody had shaved heads, blonde hair and a baby daddy. I right. didn't see that. Mm-hmm. So then I just figured maybe it wasn't for me. And my, my speaking style varies. Sometimes it's just like this. It's very candid. It's very whatever. Sometimes it's very like, you know, old school Pentecostal and I'm hooping on the beat. Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't see that. And so I thought for a long time, maybe it wasn't for me. So I wanted to create an event that one would showcase the amazing anointed women in my city that would show women, other women who did not necessarily have a traditional pulpit ministry. So we had academias, we had a psychotherapist and, um, to, to really just say, God was like, yeah, just go tell my daughter's it's time. I have need of them. And so I launched the first event here in Toronto. We had about 80 women out and we had an amazing time. And before the event even got off the ground, I got the, a message from Atlanta. Um, it had, it had, uh, attracted some attention from Atlanta. So the door opened up to go there. So we just actually came back from Atlanta on August 3rd. And, and, and so when I did preach this here in Toronto, I thought that was it. God, you put the idea in me. You sparked something in me. I did it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the event, everyone's like, are you so proud of yourself? And I was like, not really. Cause I could just hear God saying bigger. Mm-hmm. He's like, you did what was comfortable. This is your city. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good with organizing and project planning and throwing an event. My whole basement's like a warehouse. I had half of what I needed down there. He's <laughs> like, so then Atlanta happened. And by the time we got back from Atlanta, the next message came through from another city. We're ready for you. So we're actually planning for three or four already on the ball for next year. So it really has become a movement. When I preached in Conyers in Atlanta, after the event, we drove five hours. I had no idea Georgia was even that big. We drove five hours to Waycross, Georgia, where I was going to preach the next morning. Mm -hmm. And the most exciting thing happened. As I'm preaching, five hours away from where I did preach this the day before, I'm preaching and then I hear from the back, preach this? I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> there was someone preaching? there. Oh, wow. I'm like, what you know about preach this? And um, I had a few leftover preach this t-shirts with me and I'm like, ah, should I bring it in for my product table? Nobody cares. They don't even know what preach this is. And the, t- the t-shirt sold. 
the teacher's soul. And it's really becoming a movement. People are like, I need my preacher's cert. And that's <laughs> what happens when you're walking in your purpose, when you're yeah. in alignment. As yeah. you said, you drilled, you hit oil, and now yeah. it's just flowing where everything you touch, you're seeing how it impacts people and how it's really yes. changing people. Really so Nicole, I really love everything that you've had to share with us today. You brought us full circle as far as where you started and how you're seeing all the evolution really impact the growth in your life. And I really hope people who listen to this find so much that you said helpful. So on that note, Nicole, it's been great talking to you today and learning from you today. Where can our listeners connect with you um, after this? I am most active. I, I live on Instagram, but you can find me on all social media platforms at Nicole O. Salmon and Salmon spelt, spelt just like the fish. So Nicole O. Salmon on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all across all platforms. You can hop onto my website again, which is NicoleOSalmon.com or shoot me an email at info at NicoleOSalmon.com. Great. Thank you so much, Nicole. you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so glad you made it to the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please go on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. As always, don't forget to share this episode with your friends, family, colleagues, anyone who cares to listen. We'll talk to you next time.